Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We're talking sports guilty pleasures, but there's a couple other things coming in on the Heartland Ford text line. I need to address. It is Oilers now. And the Oilers, I don't know if this is confirmed by the team yet, and that's why I've been uh, avoiding it a little bit. But if you've been on Twitter, if you've been online, you've seen the new concept for what could be the third jersey for the upcoming year. Pretty easy to find. I'm sure it'll take a Google search or a Twitter search or what have you. If you haven't seen it yet, let me know what you think. You can text me that at 630-630. That is the Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They are one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We are on Twitter at Oilers Now. Bob is at Bob underscore Stoffer. We're going to hear from him momentarily. And I am at Brendan Escott. And... On my Twitter account, uh, Mohamed Jabbar just tweeted at me to say that the Boston Bruins have, in fact, signed D-man Alex Petrovich to a PTO. So there you go. Speck and I just talking about it in the last segment, and we're starting to see some of this now. So Alex Petrovich, a Boston Bruin for now. We'll see if he can win a job on that team or in that organization in training camp, but That'll be an interesting situation for us to monitor as we move closer and closer to training camp season is the caliber of players that might end up on PTOs. A couple textures wondering about Brian Boyle's availability. Well, the appeal for Brian Boyle in playing here is that that job is absolutely wide open. He's 34 now. He's a big body. You got to wonder if he's still got it. But we know he's a beast in the face-off circle which is something that the Oilers are definitely lacking. 
And I wonder, I wonder if they could get that done on a very small deal. But that's going to depend on if they end up moving Yesapoyarvi and whether that return is a third-line center. So some storylines to monitor, although, boy, we're still trudging through a pretty dead time, aren't we? And with that being said, we're going to reference back to a conversation that Bob had with the new Oilers director of amateur scouting, Tyler Wright. This was uh, a couple days after his hiring, and he just went through some of his ideas, philosophies, etc., for how he plans on scouting amateur talent for the Oilers moving forward. Our next guest was a hard-working uh, former first-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers that etched out a career for himself. He's uh, gone down the management path for the last several years, went from Columbus to the uh, Detroit Red Wings organization where he went to work for Ken Holland. He is today officially named the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. We welcome uh, former Edmonton Oiler and now with the Oilers organization in a management role on the uh, scouting side. Uh, Back to the show, because I think he's been on once before, Tyler Wright. Hi, Tyler. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Guys, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got to tell you, Tyler, I didn't think when the Oilers were looking for a general manager, and we knew this you know, back in late January, that Ken Holland would even be an option. Uh, but he ended up becoming the GM, and I'm wondering, you know, how difficult of a choice was this for you to follow Ken uh, to Edmonton? And, and you know, you've got to have guys that were mentors, and Ken's a scout at how at heart. Uh, how has he helped you uh, in the journey along the way? Yeah, for sure. I think you you hit a lot of basic points there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, got a long history with with Ken. Um, you know, I think it goes back even to my playing days towards the end of, you know, kind of the words, the end of my career, um, just having the opportunity to, to be around him. And, and anybody in the hockey inner circle kind of knows if you ever have an opportunity to sit down with Ken Holland uh, um, for an extended period of time or a brief stint for that matter, you're walking away with some, you know, some pretty good stories or some pretty good hockey knowledge. Um, you mean, the guy's, uh, you mean, he's, extremely passionate about his trade and obviously he's had success at, at, at the you know at the higher levels here and um, you know he's been a mentor for me for probably the last you know 20, 20 some years here um, and even you know trying to carve myself uh, a little bit of a path outside of hockey and you know once you turn your page on your career um, it, it's about you know reinventing yourself so he definitely has been a been a real positive influence. Uh, you know, it was a hard to leave Detroit. I think, you know, you put in six six long years of a little bit of a rebuild. Um, you know, kind of on the fly, where we're trying to stay alive and keep the 24 five year streak alive of being in the playoffs. But it was, you know, eventually going to come to an end at that time. And I think you you mean all when you look back and, and see what Ken has done and by. You know, accumulating the amount of draft picks in such a short period of time in the last couple of years, and handing that off to you know myself and my staff to go out there and try to be as diligent as we can and make the right picks. And you're not going to make all the right picks every time, uh, but it's not for a lack of effort and um, you know a philosophy on the way you're trying to build your hockey club. So extremely excited to come on board with him. Um, I think it's a unique opportunity with Edmonton. Um, uh, I mean, if you compare Edmonton and Detroit, where you got you know two bona fide superstars in the league right now, and 
you got uh, you know some big difference makers to build around, and, and I'm excited about that. We're joined by Tyler Wright. He was the 12th overall pick of the Oilers back in uh, 1991. Uh, went to the uh, Memorial Cup with the Swift Current Broncos in uh, 1993 when they had one of the greatest uh, power plays ever. Was that the year uh, Krelak scored like 49 power play goals? I think it was. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, he played, obviously, uh, for uh, Graham James and Rob uh, Rob Dom at that time. Uh you mentioned Ken Holland, but there was another guy that I think helped you out along the way, and that's Scott Housen, because uh, you were with Columbus for several years, and then uh, Housen, was it was it Housen or was it Doug McLean that actually brought you in initially as a development coach? It was Housen, actually. Yeah, and so you worked for Scott for a number of years and, and then got that opportunity with Ken Holland. So how do you go from being a development coach to uh, going down the amateur uh, scouting path, and how different of a job was that for you, Tyler? Um, you know, it, I never really, to be honest with you, I never really kind of thought that the amateur would be, you know, kind of the side, the, the road that I would take. But I think, you know, with, with Scott giving me the opportunity to play uh, a big role in the development role with these young players and, um, you know, you kind of by default, you, you see the top prospects coming along, you coming along, uh, you know, because you're out whether it's in college or it's junior hockey or over in Europe, that you, you're seeing the next kind of wave and the underages. And, um, you know, that's the one one thing that's kind of, you know, I mean, when you're leading up into the draft year, um, you know, everyone talks about well, this year, this year, and this year. At the end of the day, these kids have actually been on the radar. The top-end kids have been on the radar for a couple of years. Um so you're pretty familiar with them, and, and it's a process. It's a, it's a process, and, and it's a reality check that you got to keep in mind that they're still young young men at the age of 18. Some are fully developed, maybe physically. Some are a little bit more mentally mature than the others, and you got to weigh all these kind of pros and cons. And at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to project these kids and have a little bit of insight that, you know, what are these kids going to be at 22 and 23, 24, and, and some are a little bit later developers than, than others. And um, it's, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of dialogue and a lot of communication that has to go on behind the scenes. Um, and I was kind of intrigued by that. It was something different every year. Um, you know, Housen gave me the, the opportunity to move into that role. Um, and I liked it. Um, you know, I think one thing that, you know, Scott, where when, you know, he kind of left Columbus, I think if you look at, at what Columbus has done in the last couple of years, they've made a lot of changes, but I think there's still some, some core pieces in there that, you know, were under Scott's watch and, um, you know, some of the draft picks that we accumulated along the line. And I think you're going to see that in Detroit as well. And we're trying to bring that over to, to Edmonton and, and, you know, get this thing going to, to where everybody wants it to go. And, um, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, there's going to be a lot of hard work to be done, a lot of travel, and um, a lot of lot of dialogue, but um, a challenge. Tyler Wright joining us, named Director of Amateur Scouting today. He's a former Edmonton Oilers player that played over 600 games in the NHL. Bob Stoffert with you. So, Tyler, let me ask you this, because uh, we're getting this text coming in on our Heartland 4 text line at 630-630. Bob Green and Keith Gretzky headed up the Amateur Scouting the last couple of years. I think there's a fair amount of confidence. Uh, I'll, I'll say this to you. I'm in your 
going into year 12 of doing color and had the show on the other station for six years before that, I would say in the last 18 years, this is the deepest the Oilers have been with prospects, and there is a confidence level on the amateur side. So on that note, uh, in your vision, does Bob stay a part of things? And then part two with that, uh, philosophically, what's your take on how many crossover scouts you have as opposed to guys that specify a certain region? Well, I think I think to answer the second part of that question, um, you know, I've got to really sit down here over the next couple of weeks before, um, you know, towards the end of July, we start kind of go, getting back up and running here as far as some of the um, under-18 camps and, uh, you know, there's the under-20 in Plymouth and then you head over, obviously, the big tournaments over the Ivan Holenka Gretzky Cup that's over in Bratislava um, this year. You know, I've got to sit down and, and kind of dig through, um, you know, kind of what guys have done here in the past, um, certain crossover guys. Uh, obviously, I, I'm familiar with some of the staff. Um, there are some guys that I'm not familiar with, too. And, and you know, I mean, I'm a firm believer of giving a guy an opportunity to, to voice their opinion. Um, I'm trying to be a good communicator. I want to be a good listener. I want to listen to what these guys have to say. Uh, Bring me ideas. How can we get better? Um, I'm not the guy that's just going to come here and, and pound with an iron fist and say it's my way uh, or the kind of the highway. I, I think that we've got to collectively do this together. At the end of the day, a decision has to be made where that sits, sits with me, and, and I'll own up to it when we do make those decisions. But it's going to be a group, ep- group effort going forward. Um, as far as Bob Green goes, um, he'll be on staff working with uh you know with me um at what point uh and in what role um you know we really haven't sat down but uh you know we'll definitely be coming over to the link with me and and sitting down and and going through philosophies obviously you know by myself coming in i've got a little bit of a probably a different philosophy on how things are going to run and i'm going to put that in place and um at the end of the day I have to filtrate kind of Ken Holland's, um, you know, philosophy and the way that he wants the Oilers team to look. And, and that's my job is to go out into the area, guys, and make sure that that philosophy is getting filtered down. And, and we're, we're going to start evaluating on um, the way that we want the Edmonton Oilers to look like. Uh, the way that we want the Oilers to look like is different the way that, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Calgary Flames want to look. And, and how can we get better? And, and, and where do we see the future of the game going? Um, and, and try to get ahead of that curve and constantly moving and constantly changing and, te- you know, tweaking our philosophies and going back and revisiting drafts and, and not so much to point blame, but more more importantly to go back and, and let's have dialogue on why we like this guy and um, why did he not turn out? Why did we like this guy and turned out to be better? Um, how can we learn from that? Why, you know, and look at other people's drafts for that sure. matter. Why, why did they turn out to be better players than we thought? And, and try to implement it constantly growing every single day, every single year, um, trying to get better as a group, trying to get better as a whole. Um, we've got a lot of work to do. We, we, we pile all the year's work in for basically a 24-hour period at the draft, and it goes by quick. And, um, you know, pounding the table for Ken to get us a lot more picks. But at the end of the day, we're trying to, we're trying to put a, put a 
better product on the ice and, and be a better club and, and get into the playoffs, and, and that's our goal. That was Am- Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright, in conversation with Bob Stoffer. So that was the day, uh, the day of or the day after Tyler got hired here with the Oilers organization. Of course, there's that familiarity with Ken Holland, somebody that Ken Holland obviously trusts. And to me, what, what's really encouraging out of that conversation, if you're an Oilers fan, just think about the fact that he just said they, they go back and they revisit why draft picks didn't work. It's not as if, okay, we took uh, so-and-so in round two and never really materialized. Let's go analyze why and let's go make sure that that doesn't happen again. So I like the sound of that. Certainly excited to see what, uh, what this has moving forward. And of course, with Bob Green and Keith Gretzky and what they've done in the last couple of drafts, I would say there are probably two drafts, maybe three, uh, depending how this one pans out in the next couple of years into real quality, finding guys like Caleb Jones later on. So with their input and with the knowledge, listen, I think the future is bright. I know you don't want to hear the P word. Don't Don't be saying the P word on air. Don't be patient. But... It might be, <laughs> it might be uh, a true um, reflection, I guess, of how, of how this franchise is going to go moving forward. We're going to go to break momentarily here, but I do want to tell you that uh, some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. You tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. I got a couple more texts here at 630-630 about guilty sports pleasure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this is sort of just turned into what obscure sports you enjoy watching. We'll get back to more of those when we return on Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Brendan Escott today and through the end of the week. And Bob's back. Hopefully by the time Bob's back, we've got some uh, news and notes and otherwise coming out of the league. Uh, as of right now, I think the golf courses are getting exercised around North America. Uh, <laughs> simply put, but again, Alex Petrovich signing a PTO over in Boston. That is the news of the day. I did. I posed the other question here, and this is just what you thought of the leaked concept of what could be an Oilers third jersey this year. Trucker Dave texted in at 6.30, to say, I like the look, the dark blue of the third jerseys. I would be purchasing one if they're for real. So there's that. And then there's a few others on here that uh, disagree with Trucker Dave and saying it's more of a stadium series jersey. My stance? 
I think you know by now, if you've listened in regularly, I'm definitely a proponent of the blue. I think the blue is a lot easier on the eyes than the orange. I think the orange is an excellent third jersey option. But the third jerseys that they had last year, just in basically an updated of the same old, same old, it, it works for the original six teams. Think about, like, Detroit hasn't changed their jerseys in decades, and it just kind of works for them. I don't, <laughs> some teams might have that. But then there's others who would say, well, we're already putting too much focus on the 80s Oilers. Let's get away. Let's rebrand. Let's get something brand new. And that seems to be the route that they've taken with the Orange. Keep them coming at 6.30, 6.30. But we are talking about obscure sports. And there's some stuff that, I mean, I knew existed, but I didn't even know you could really take it in. A texter in a high level says, hurling. Not curling, but Hurling. It's like Aussie rules football, but with clubs. It's very cool and played mainly in Ireland. That along with darts, evidently. Marty texted in to say frisbee golf. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you have, again, one of those specialty sports channels in your cable package, you can see frisbee golf, disc golf, as some might know it. Uh, that might be one that's more fun to play than actually watch. But as far as a guilty pleasure goes, yeah, I, I can see that. It might not be regarded as the most athletic activity, but that's got to be fun to play. And I feel that exact same way about bowling as well. I, I've... I, I'm not an avid bowler, okay, but I absolutely love the sport. I know it's, you know, it's more of a pastime than a sport, but bowling, <laughs> bowling's where it's at, man. Uh, former D-man Mark says, I always love it when they put on the spelling bee. When the caller, uh, the caller says, spell stupid, please. And then they ask for a definition and ask them to say it again. Oh, former D-man Mark with some tongue-in-cheek here. Uh, if you want a real sport, watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm glad that's only on once a year. That is just a brutal display of humanity. But entertaining. Does anything say America quite like a hot dog eating contest, by the way? Man alive. Uh, the texture that said sumo live in Japan can also confirm that they are incredibly flexible and solid at about 300 to 400 pounds. So uh, interesting news and note there. Uh, speaking of obscure sports or less, less than mainstream sports, right? I don't think the AJHL is what you'd consider a guilty pleasure, but it is definitely part of the fabric of the community around here. I know that we get plenty of textures from places like Camrose and Bonneville, and they're following those teams in the smaller towns with a great deal of passion. I know the Sherwood Park Crusaders have two players who are ranked. Uh, the hockey writers did a list that came out yesterday or not too long ago. Two players on the Crusaders, that being uh, Michael Benning, and Carter Savoy are second-round prospects for the next NHL entry draft. So we're going to go into a little bit more detail on all this coming up with Tyler King. If there's anything, if you're texting in, you're listening from a small market, let me know if you've got any questions. There's been some coaching changes. The Calgary Mustangs are not a team this year. It looked like the Calgary Canucks were going to be that team. Instead, it's the other franchise there that folds. Uh, if you want some more details on that, we're going to bring aboard Tyler King, who was uh, a part of, well, he's the voice of the team, but he's also deeply involved in their media, their community relations, that sort of thing. And uh, what I don't think is unfair to say is probably the pinnacle franchise of that league right now. And they just hosted the National Junior A Championships and they won on home soil. So we'll check in with him to round out the Tuesday edition of Oilers Now. It is Brendan Escott with you now through the end of the week. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon 
on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.